Welcome to Stone Cold Facts. I'm here tonight with Matthew Barretts. Hello, Mike. I'm here with Amy Indek. How's it going? And we also have our dog Micah here, but she's not going to be doing much talking tonight. Um, we are talking about sex, right? We're, um, so what do you guys think? What, in America, what's the stigma for sex in this culture as opposed to maybe other cultures? Sex is important to me. It takes up quite a bit of my mental, um, (laughs) my mental space on like a week to week basis. But I think it's because I've almost become, um, obsessed with the idea or like the fantasy of like, okay, this is supposed to be a part of my life almost. Um, do you think you're a product of like kind of your own environment or do you think that there's a lot of people out there that have been kind of like, not necessarily warped, but like their personality is almost like defined by how society treats them or how how they should be because of like some sort of like sexual tension and stuff like that. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, as a as an adolescent in in the years where I was developing my personality, I was surrounded by people that sort of taught me um, through their own actions, you know, like I was taught to sort of chase women, chase mm. sex, chase attention, you know, like that was the thing that I was supposed to do. It's a, it's interesting because, you know, the funny thing about you and me is we actually, we, we knew each other as kids and like, you know, I, I don't know how you saw me. Most people saw me as kind of an awkward teenager, but I saw you as kind of a ladies man. Like that was kind of like, you know. I don't think you were necessarily like the like when I thought of ladies, I didn't think of Matthew Barrett's, but I was like, oh yeah, no, the guy's smooth with girls. He knows how to talk to girls. He has confidence with girls. Did you do? You, would you say that you had confidence growing up with with uh, females? Yeah, I think I had I had less inhibitions um, and probably a little bit more confidence as a kid than I do now. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. What about me? What about me, Amy? Because <laughs> the funny thing about Amy is we're dating now. We actually dated in seventh grade as well. So this is a good this is a good focus group. If I were to really <laughs> kind of like figure out about my own sexual, um, you know, how I looked like. But seriously, as a as a teenager, as a as a seventh grader, what did you? What did I come off as when it comes with like with girls? I look. Was I confident? Was I awkward? Was I like? What, what? Well, I I, I want to go back to your childhood because I feel like that actually kind of um, extends beyond your middle school years. I think it goes back to kind of how you were as a kid, and I feel like you were always confident. You were always a friendly person. I feel like you did. You kind of just talked to everybody. You were friends with everybody. You didn't care if you were shy or that you weren't shy shy. you were not shy shy. you you didn't care who you were talking to you were always you'd always put yourself out there and I think as we get older we start to um we start to I guess um limit ourselves to what we allow ourselves to to say and who we allow ourselves to talk to for fear of rejection and fear you know that that all starts to creep up as you get older absolutely and so what's interesting 
is in, uh, and this podcast is not going to be all about me and my sexual history. Although maybe we will do one next time about that because um, that would be fun. But uh, I still answer your question, by the way. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, I mean, you'll get into the reasons why, but I think you were charming. Oh. I think you were awkward, but in like a friendly way. Mm, okay, that's interesting to know. But um, so a little bit of a backstory, and I'll and I'll get to kind of my point after this is as a child now mind you I don't know when I started actually like thinking as girls as like in a sexual way as opposed to like a romantic way I feel like I used to have crushes on girls but not necessarily like you know anything like that but feelings for them yeah but definitely as a child I was petrified of talking to a girl I found pretty uh, and then in sixth grade I moved my family to England and I gotta say, the culture over there, and we talked about this before, but in Europe and in England, the culture over there, sex is just completely, it's different than in America because they don't really shame you for having sex, um, heterosex, homosexuality, you know, any kind of sex is kind of okay. There's not a lot of taboo so much there. And they teach it to the kids. I mean, like, when I got over to England again in sixth grade, everybody was talking about, oh, this and that, oh, good, this, you know, this girl did this to me, and like this, you know, they were all very kind of sexually active, which was like mind blowing for me. Now, I didn't really do anything with girls in, other than like maybe put my arm around where to hold the hands, but. Or watch High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, fun fact High School Musical just came out in America, so I had the DVD already. It was already out of the theaters in the DVD, um, but it was not out in England. I don't know why. Some sort of copyright thing, a delay. It was like literally delayed for a year or something. So they were like, oh my god, you got High School Musical. Can I go watch it? Can I have it? I was like, you can watch it. If you come over to my house, we'll watch it together. That was my thing, and you know that, that was my shtick, <laughs> and you know it works. I mean, they, they came over. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much further. That was basically it. They were, they were more interested in Troy Bolton than they were. Yeah, in Julian. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. I mean, it's not like I got. It's not like I I was definitely too scared to put any moves on them anyway. But it gave you a chance to explore that. It, it, it gave me... What it did is it, it gave me an opportunity to be around girls, feel comfortable with them, you know? Because like, I think the first time we talked to the girls, like, ooh, well, this perfume smells good. And you're like, oh, God. I, you know, it's just like, you know, you get flustered. And here's the issue. Let's go back to the States. And let's not talk about me. Because as a teacher, I've seen what happens with other kids. Most kids are awkward, particularly boys, around age 12 to 20. <laughs> right? But they, so they want to talk to girls. I mean, whether it's girls or, or boys, honestly, homosexuality, we can talk in another episode because that's a whole different other thing. And I can't even know how hard that would be as a teenager growing up. But at least with heterosexual boys growing up, they want to talk to the girls. They want to, you know, get to know them. They want to maybe explore sexually with them, but it's taboo. They can't talk to their parents about it. I mean, if you have really cool parents, that's awesome. In fact, actually, my parents would have been. I didn't know that. I was too afraid to talk to my parents, too embarrassed to talk to my parents about that kind of stuff when I was 12, 13. 
So parents, uh-uh, off the table. Teachers, well, I think- absolutely not. They'll get fired if they're like, oh yeah, if you want to, you know, <laughs> get a hand job from a girl, you got to, no, 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 you're going to get fired. Yeah. So teachers can't do that. I think you should go into, um, you know, how do parents approach talking to their kids about that kind of stuff to, oh. to keep that conversation open and to... How did yours? I feel like it just, I don't know, it depends, but I was also, I'm a girl that's, I mean, I, I never struggled like you did mm-hmm. with that, so I don't know, it's a little different. Right, no, it's true, boys and girls, I mean, you know, my parents talked to me about it a little bit, but like... Like, did I, they start the conversation? Yeah, I think my dad told me, you know, my, my dad is kind of like a very kind of factual man so you know I having a conversation about him with exactly what um, semen was because you know I heard from car- from a cartoon once you just stick it in her and pee so that's what I thought it was until I was about like age 12 or 13 and then I said it once to my dad he was like what? and he was like son we gotta have a conversation here um <laughs> That should be the name of this, this, this episode, <laughs> Stick It In Her and But no, but, so here's the underlying problem, and this, and this is honestly kind of the crux of my, my whole point, is that boys want to talk to girls, they want to experience sexually, they're petrified to talk to the girls and do it, I'd say like 9 out of 10 guys aren't going to be like, you know, want to go to that, they can't talk to their parents, they can't talk to their teachers, you know, the only kind of access they get are online forums, uh, you know, porn, all that kind of stuff, fantasies and all that kind of stuff, not person-to-person connections. So they get frustrated because it's taboo. And that's why it's different than states in other countries because some countries, all sex is taboo all the time. You know, we're talking about like super religious countries. In In Europe, it's not that big of a deal. Have sex, don't have sex. Like, we don't care. There's no real stigma towards it. But in America, it's like, oh, you can't do it, but all the cool kids are doing it, you know? And you want to be included in that. But how do you go about doing it? You know, it's like, it's an incredibly hard jigsaw puzzle that you can't ask your parents to help. You can't ask an adult to help you with this. You ask your friends about it. You know, and that's why BBYO was awesome, you know, because I didn't feel uncomfortable. As BYO was a youth group I did. I didn't feel uncomfortable going to an older friend. Like, you know, if I'm a freshman and I have a friend who's a senior being like, hey, I'm, I, I, I like this girl. I don't know how to approach her. You know, that's totally fine. But a lot of kids also, unfortunately, don't have friends their own age, let alone friends four years older than yeah. them. And you were the oldest child, too. And you didn't yeah. have any older siblings that yeah. you could have asked. Yeah, which is, you know, that, that can also be helpful if you have older siblings, you know. But who's to say they know any better either? Because again, I think it's a big problem in the United States because we teach kids from an early, early age, you don't talk about sex. You can't watch any movies that have sex in them. That's rated, you know, rated R. The, or PG-13, the very, you know, any mention of sex at all, it's at least PG-13, you know? Any nudity has to be rated R, you know? It's like, and yet violence, I remember watching Star Wars at, like, age seven. And it's not like a bunch of, oh, you shouldn't let your kids watch Star Wars at seven. Who didn't watch Star Or, you know, d- there was Playing death video in games. video games. Actually, to be honest, my parents didn't like video games. But, yeah, we, we as, as a society, we say that violence 
is okay to be exposed to kids at a very early age, but they don't see, but sex, but not sex. So what do these kids do? And this, again, I, I'm not a psychologist, and ironically this is called Stone Cold Facts, but I don't really have a lot of facts to back this up. But what I do know is that teen suicide rates go up. I do know that mass school shootings go up. And I know that most of the time, the talk of it is about, you know, gun control and gun safety, which is a whole other topic that, you know, opens up a whole other can of worms. But what I think needs to be talked about more is I think there's a lot of anger that goes back to sexual suppression. You cannot express your sexual desires freely as a kid or as an adult. Because, like, let's say... You finally get a girlfriend, and you're, you're or a boyfriend, and you're having sex with them, and they're like, you know, you're trying to, you might even be scared to open up to them about what your sexual fantasies are because, the, forever you've been told no, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that, and then you're never told, hey, you know, that's okay, you know, you like to do role playing, that's okay, you know what I mean. Obviously, there are things that are not okay sexually, you know. Most of it has to do with non-consensual stuff. Yeah. But how are we supposed to, I mean, again, how are we supposed to actually, like, teach kids the difference between right and wrong with sex if it's all wrong? Because there are totally wrong things we, that you do with sex. I don't even call it sex sometimes, but, but like with assault. Because a lot of people uh, commit sexual assaults. You know, I'm not even just talking about like, you know, there's, there's just so many different categories of sexual assault. And we see it now, we've seen it with the Me Too movement, we've seen like how broader it really is. And the way I see it is that like, a lot of kids, if they're told that all sex is wrong, before marriage, then they might not learn the difference. Actually, no, sex is before marriage is totally fine as long as it's consensual. As long as, you know, as long as you're, you know, doing what you want to do. But as long as the other person's okay with it, right? So I think as a country, we really have a huge problem on our hands here. Which, I, and I honestly do think that a lot of these problems can go back to sex. A lot of, you know, violent acts, sexual acts, obviously, but even more of that, opinions being formed. I made a joke before <laughs> about, you know, um, people being, uh, <laughs> having a certain political views because they were um, insecure about, like, their penis size or stuff like that. But, uh, like, South Park made that joke about that, stuff like that, too. But honestly, I do think that there's part of, there is actually some truth to that as well. I do think that people are so insecure and so confused about that they actually, it forms not just what they do, but who they are. Um, that's pretty much it uh, for today. Um, we started on a pretty funny note, but we're ending on a more serious note. And I guess for anyone who's listening, I really want you guys to think about, like, how were you raised with sex? And how has that possibly shaped the way you are? Because I think we do a lot of shaming here in this country where it's not okay to do what things, like, to 
to, to what to, you want to be able to do. Right. Exactly. And I think a lot of people still feel ashamed about that. And I think the first step to solving a problem is realizing that you have one. And I think as a country, we need to realize that we have this problem. I think we need to open up the dialogue more about, you know, about basically, like, what is okay to introduce to kids. Because I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to have kids watch porn at age five, you know. But I don't, but I do think that there is some sort of conversation that even young children are okay to have. You know, kids can understand a lot more than we give them credit for. And, you know, just to say, oh, no, we don't talk about that, I don't think does much good. I think it does a lot of bad. I think kids are confused and they use the Internet way too much as their resources. I think most kids' uh, parental figures these days tend to be their iPhones more than their actual parents or their teachers because that's how they get their answers. Because they're told, hey, we can't. Tell them this. Well, God damn it, they have fucking iPhones. They're going to look this shit up if we don't tell them. So would you rather some person behind a keyboard tell them what it is? Or would you rather actually have a person-to-person connection with your own children? I'm not a father. Well, I it's not even just the personal to connection. It's about filtering what you tell them and what they learn. Because if they're going to go on the internet, they're going to look up everything and anything and they're going to find this information and you're not going to know what they know and if at least you're taking initiative and communicating with your children you can they're not going to they're not going to resort to going to the internet they're just going to listen to you and hopefully and you can teach them what you want to teach them you can be responsible about how you teach them what they're going to learn and and hopefully that'll help shape them into the a good person that the kind of person that you want them to be and I just think it's it's less harmful to do that as much as you don't want to like talk about those things you know probably don't want to think about talking about sex with your eight-year-old child but they're probably confused and it's it's not harmful to discuss that stuff it's if anything it's going to affect them as a teenager when it's really when it really matters there could be consequences like i said before there are consequences to any culture and any kind of decisions you make i'm not saying that having an open dialogue about sex is going to solve all of our problems and isn't going to create other problems because it probably would but i think that Kind of just like a lot of things, like kids, are, they're, they're gonna find out. Like Eminem said, of course they're gonna know what in a course is by fourth grade. They got their Discovery Channel, don't they? Well, I think a big thing is also like communicate. The more communication, the more education. Like you see, I know, like in some states, they, you know, in more religious schools and such, like a lot of the curriculum for sex education is abstinence and and just kind of hiding it and not talking about it and not doing it and. I feel like the teen pregnancy rates uh, in those places are higher. It, it's tough, though, because I remember doing sex ed in my class, and they tried to teach it, and we were just, it was joke after joke after joke after joke. Well, you also have to be able to take it seriously, and I think a big thing is, like, people, like, kids, kids, are, embarrassed. kids are embarrassed, so they make jokes. Yeah. And it's not, it shouldn't be something that you joke about. It's a serious topic, and it's something that you need to know, and it, sh- it shouldn't be made fun of. I think, I think there's... I think there's a degree of levity you can have a sex. Like, when we started this 
uh, podcast, we were kind of joking around a little bit about sex because it is, it, there's nothing, you, you can't basically like completely take the sky off. It is always going to be a little awkward. It is always going to be a little bit taboo. So the easiest way to kind of jump into it is joke about it, you know? And actually, I remember my, uh, in, in high school anyways, my sex ed teacher was also our gym teacher. He was really funny, and he let us joke around. For he he had he had this question thing that he said any question, you know I'm gonna read it randomly. Don't say the word I or use any names. Just like but any question, serious or not, I'll read it. And it was some of the funniest thing is <laughs> I don't want to repeat any of it because it's too gross for this. But it, it was. It was, I mean, what's, is this age-restrictive? You already said F word. Okay, fine. So. I'll say the, can I say the joke? Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> Someone wrote, is it kosher for Passover to eat out a girl with a yeast infection? <laughs> funny joke. Um, but. Call it to all the Jews listening to this podcast. Oh, God. No, it's actually disgusting, but it was funny for me as a high schooler. And. But after the jokes, after so because the because our teacher was in on it too, joking around with us, it actually was able to help us bring down our barriers a little bit. So after the jokes, after the laughs, he got into it. He talked about venereal diseases. He talked a lot about you know proper use of condoms and birth control methods and all the you know necessary things that I'm. Consent is a huge thing too. Did talk about consent too, which was important, obviously. Um, and he and when he talked about that, he like he was dead serious about things. You could just tell by the tone. And he was like, you know, like this is no longer a laughing matter. You know, we had our time for jokes, but now you need to pay attention because this is serious. This might save your life one day, or this might ruin your life if you don't listen. Right, because we we didn't we haven't talked about teen pregnancy in this podcast, but that's obviously a huge issue. We haven't talked about STDs in this podcast, but that's a huge issue. And I again, Stone Cold Facts does not does not <laughs> put a lot of facts out there, but I bet you that in America the STD rate is extremely higher than other developed nations. I bet you it is. Why? What's the difference between us and most other developed nations is that we uh, we teach abstinence still. We, we, st- we still don't teach proper sex ed in all the states. And like in Arizona, we got lucky. I got lucky. I, I had a good teacher, but most of my friends like, oh yeah, no, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't learn about it. That's not okay. You know, I had friends in college that are just raw dogging and they're like, not using condoms, and they just like they truly didn't know. I'm and like, even I think even if you have a religious preference to save yourself from marriage or what not to be abstinent, it's still so important to have the education. Whether you you personally would do that or not, like the it, the important thing is knowing what the safe methods are. It's so ridiculous. It's just the, because, not knowing that information is so harmful for the people that need it. 
Absolutely, because it's not like those sex ed classes in high school made me want to have sex any, anymore. I wanted to have sex like to the maximum, whether I had the classes or not. Like I was like, yes, I want to have, you know, like. But now I can do it safely, and right. I can understand how the, how it works and what to do and not what not to do. And I can't imagine, even if I was religious, that learning about proper safe sex would make me want to have sex more. That's it wouldn't change. Yeah, it wouldn't change your religious you beliefs to, to have a sex ed class. Yeah, if you want to save yourself, like I like I learned. How to, in, 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 in science, they teach you how to, you know, to, uh, uh, not the proper safety precautions in case of an emergency, right? They teach you about how to wipe, you know, the acid from your eyes or whatever. I forget, it's high school the, the, a long time. The you know, where you put your eyes under Exactly, the, all that shit. The shower thing. I don't think that makes kids want to, you know, use explosive materials more and get fucked up more. I think it's just like, hey, don't do this, but if you do, make sure you know how to protect yourself. It's the same thing with sex. You know, hey, you're too young, you shouldn't be doing this right now, but if you do, wrap up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like what? I, I, just, I just don't get it, you know? You I think it's, it's 2020. We got to stop with this, like, you know, there's two sides to this story. Not for this one. Not for me. Sex exists. You know? And, and kids are getting younger and younger, too. Like, when I was in 6th, 7th grade, I would have never imagined having sex. No. Never. Ever. You know I mean? And now kids in middle school are doing it. I just wanted to maybe cop a feel or something like that. Yeah, now kids are doing it up the wazoo. And like, it is important. Like That education needs to come at a younger age now. It does. It does. Well, anyways, I think that's all we have time for. Micah has been so good. She hasn't cried once. We needed to reward her by taking her on a walk. So we're going to go do that now. Let them know who you are. This was Stone Cold Facts. My name is Juju Stone. Special thanks to Amy Indeck and Matthew Barrett's and Micah Indeck over here. And uh, yeah, hope you guys have a great rest of your day or night. Thank you.